Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. When we hear a song like that that uh, simply states the obvious concerning salvation, we ought to just be doing, <laughs> just thanking him. Um, yeah, Lord help us. Turn with us tonight to the book of Exodus again. Um, just appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, God shared, uh, shared a thought with me in Exodus chapter number 17, and I want to be faithful to give that to you. I don't think it'll take too long, but um, certainly excited to do it. I believe there's a question here that we need to ask ourselves and um, oh, I'm so glad <laughs> that he's patient and merciful. Uh, the sisters done said it. Sometimes he just, in his long suffering, just continues to do for us when uh, we we, sh- we we don't deserve to be done for. Grateful to God that his mercies are everlasting to everlasting. Uh, chapter 17 of Exodus is where we'll begin, verse number 1. We desire your prayers tonight. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Sin. After their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moses, and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They'd be almost ready to stone me. The Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, And there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel. and Because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? Father, thank you for your word. We pray that it find its mark in us. Um. Help us to receive it, to allow it to change us as what it need be. We thank you for the challenge of it, and we praise you, God, for the word that, Lord, will bring us all to that place of real surrender. We ask now for your help. We've nothing to offer but a vessel. Pray that you'd fill it and empty it according to your good pleasure and your will. Thank you for this people, for all that have assembled. May it all be to your glory. 
But we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, if I had an exclamation point or, or to put on a statement, it would be that God is so long-suffering and patient. Um, the song that Sister sung tonight, it went right along with that. Uh, some of the testimonies and prayer requests that have been shared are in similar in nature. Uh, I'm grateful to God that he's patient. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know how any of us would make it if God wasn't just merciful. If, if his long-suffering and patience weren't just divine and extraordinary in nature, let me be clear, I don't, I don't know anybody that has the patience of God, the long-suffering of God, the ability to love unconditionally and, and not get loved in return. And I am so grateful tonight that God loves me like this. Um, we are tempted sometimes when we read the Old Testament and we read about the folly, the foolishness of the children of Israel. We're tempted sometimes to, to point our wicked fingers at them and say, uh, oh, they should have known better. But uh, every time you've ever pointed a finger, you've always had three pointing back. And typically it's as much our problem as it is theirs or was theirs. I think we all find ourselves in a place where we we fall into the to the the disobedient part where we simply ask a question. We won't say it out loud. No, good Christian people would never say this out loud. But we wonder is the Lord among us or not? Is the Lord here or is he not? Does the Holy Spirit abide within me or was that not true? Is the Lord among us? That's what Moses said as he spoke with God and as he named the place Massa and Meribah because the children, the chiding of the children of Israel because they tempted the Lord. Here's what they said. Is the Lord among us or not? Now, we could ask that question. I appreciate the Spirit of God tonight. I do. I felt the Spirit of God in the hymns we sang. Felt the unction of the Holy Spirit as he gave me utterance to even pray. When the special song was sung tonight, my heart rejoiced in that I got saved. The Holy Spirit bared witness with me. I want to state to you tonight that I believe the Lord's among us. I ain't sure everybody can make that statement. I believe there's many a time that we come into the house of God and there's some people that get blessed and there's others that go home and didn't get a thing. They left just dry as they came. They left just as disobedient as they came. They left without having the word of God change them when it was in the presence of all that are here. It could help. It could change everyone. But, brother, we've got to get real with the truth. We've got to answer our own question. Is he among us or is he not? Now, God had every right. As far as I'm concerned, right? You better be glad I ain't God. And I'm glad I ain't God. 
I certainly ain't got the patience for that kind of stuff. And yet God every day deals with me in the same kind of long-suffering. And I'll just have to say the Lord's among us. And try to get better. Try to repent. Try to allow the Spirit of God to root from me those things that don't need to be in there. Now you can stare at me tonight with indifference or you can stare with conviction or you can shout and say amen. It don't make any difference, friend, to me. What matters is is that every one of us need to be honest and we need to recognize that God is being patient with us. He is being long-suffering with us. Every opportunity we have to come into the house of God ought to be a privilege and ought to be something we rejoice in, that we engage in, that we worship him, that we pray in, that we're changed in. And if we don't, we're just the same as they were. We might as well say it out loud. Is the Lord among us or not? I believe he's here. But I can't speak for everybody else. But I'll tell you this much, he's patient with me. And there are times when he has to deal with me as with children He has to chasten me and bring me to that place where my conscience is awakened and brought to the awareness of my sinfulness and his graciousness. And brother, when we get to that place, it ought to bring us to a a wholehearted gratefulness because God is still merciful to you and I. We're often exposed by our own doubt. I want to share with you quickly. I don't have to do this. You good people have studied this all your life, but I'm going to tell you anyhow. Here they were. doubt. They wasn't doubting Moses. They were doubting God. That was their problem. They didn't believe God. They didn't believe God to get them out of Egypt. They didn't believe God to get them through the Red Sea. They didn't believe God to provide for them in the wilderness. And do you know what God did? He just kept doing it over and over and over. I want to tell you that before they ever left Egypt, they saw 10 miracles. They saw 10 events that were, were tremendous. And they were miracles by any stretch. They got to see that with their own eyes. They witnessed the ten miracles of God before they ever left the borders of Egypt. Then they left, and God led them out. And he did so with a pillar of cloud by by, by day and fire by night. Now that's a miracle. I don't care who you are. Every day they stepped out of their tent and saw a miracle. Every night they peeked out of their tent and saw a miracle. And yet they're bold enough to say, is the Lord among us or not? They'd seen the cloud that very day that they said this. They saw the the fire that very night before they would reach this place and would say unto God, are you with us or not? Are you not among us? They would even... They would even accuse Moses of bringing them all out into the desert so he might kill them with thirst. Not only were they led with the cloud and the fire at night, when they got to the Red Sea, what did God do for them? 
He parted the waters and they walked across on dry ground. We, uh, we'd shake our heads, as it, but if you had been there, you'd be, you'd, you'd be shouting again because you saw the miracle. You experienced it, right? We just read about it. But I want you to know that God performed one of the greatest miracles ever known, ever recorded in the Bible. And yet this stiff-necked and hard-hearted people have the goal to say, is the Lord among us? Oh, I'm afraid we do the same thing. I'm afraid we're guilty of this same thing. God forgive us of living in a way. You say, preacher, I've never said that. You've lived it. Your attitudes, your intentions, your prayer life, your your effort, your surrender, all of those things point to the fact that you question whether or not God is real, whether or not God is with you, whether or not you ought to. Let me tell you something. He's worthy. Doesn't make any difference what's going on. He's still God. And he's able. And he's good. They, saw, they walked across it on dry ground, came out on the other side. Then they watched God destroy their enemy for them. And here they are saying, is the Lord among us or not? Now, how can you say that, really? I mean, come on. How can we say? How could we ever say, is the Lord among us? You see, the problem was is he still hadn't got Egypt out of them. Everything they were going through, God was having to bring them to it because, hey amen, they, they, what he knew was is in their heart they wasn't right with him. In their heart they wasn't believers yet. Now the truth is that many of them wandered in that wilderness 40 years and they died unbelieving. Now that was the problem from the beginning. Not only did he destroy their enemies, but as they went and we, we shared last Sunday concerning those bitter waters at Mar, remember what God did? He showed them a tree. And uh, that made everything sweet. And then after the tree, he led them to the place where they had 12 wells of water and palm trees to rest under. And here they go just a little bit farther and they run out of water again. No. I left one out. Remember the manna and the quail? Ain't that just like us to leave out something like food? That ain't nothing. But they were hungry, wasn't they? God God gave them bread every day for 40 years. As they were unbelieving, he still fed them every day. And they had the nerve to say, is the Lord among us or not? Now, it's easy for me to look backwards and say those people were messed up, right? They didn't get it. They they spent their whole lives, and they could have been in the promised land just a little while after they left there. I want you to know today that there's a bunch of us that are as guilty as they are because we've not yet committed ourselves to believe that in every situation, the Lord God is with me. I want, I want to encourage you tonight. I'm just going to share with you some, some examples of what he's done for me. 
But I want you to know, I wasn't, I wasn't there, and I didn't see the miracles they did. I can read about it, and I can look at what they did, and, and, and maybe, maybe even challenge that, that, that boy, they, they really wasn't very smart. They were pretty thick in the head, right? They, they, they saw things that I've never seen. And yet I want you to know the greatest miracle that's ever happened to man is when he saved my soul. The greatest thing I'll ever experience was that day when he saved my soul. When he delivered me from the pits of that torment and wrote my name in glory and sent his Holy Spirit to abide within me, made me his own. That is the greatest miracle that I've ever known about. God forgive me of any time that I've ever wondered, thought, or said, is the Lord among us or not? Because it's truly an indication of my faith or lack of. It's, it's, it's an exposure of my doubt. He fed him manna, fed him quail, Every morning they got up, they had manna to eat again. And they go a little ways and they run out of water and they're ready to stone the man of God. Now, I was reminded in our Sunday school class when we was reading about when Jesus had, they they came to him and they said, all right, enough of this. Tell us for sure, are you the son of God? And he said, my works have already spoke it, right? But then he looked him in the eye and he said, I and the Father are one. He'd done with him, right? He knew the next thing for him anyhow was the cross. He knew that would be the straw that broke it. He knew exactly what that was going to do. But that day had come and the Lord knew that. He understood that. He knew that his next deal was to go to Calvary. He knew. And he told him, he said, me and the Father are one. If you've seen him, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen him. And brother, that set him off. They knew right then they were going to kill him. They picked up stones to stone him. And he said, which miracle are you going to stone me for? What good thing is it that you're going to stone me for? They said, not a good thing, but because you said you were God. Blasphemy. Let me tell you something. They were going to stone Moses. The Old Testament's just a foreshadowing of what was to come. Moses was the Christ leading them out of Egypt. Moses was a picture of Christ delivering them from bondage into the promised land, and yet they were going to stone him. Moses said, Lord, if you don't do something, he said, they're ready to stone me. What good work reckon they'd stone him for? Best I can tell, everything I've read about Moses, he hadn't done anything but good for him. Everything he had done is to help them people. And you know what they do? They murmur and they backbite and they accuse him and they do all these things. And ultimately they would say, well, is the Lord among us or not? Right? I'm telling you right now, we live in a we live among people. And I'm talking about Christian people today. God help us. We live among people that are so unsatisfied. They are so indifferent toward God. They are so backslid in their own hearts. They are so sinful and following the nature of their sin flesh. I want you to know they 
they have no idea whether or not the Lord is with them or not. Is the Lord among us or not? Now, he saved my soul. And I, for the life of me, I can't get over it. And for the life of me, I can't figure out people who have got over it. Except to say maybe they never got it. Now, I don't have to judge you, friend. The, the Bible said the tree does all the work. And that I'll know a tree by the fruit that it bears. Don't look at me and tell me you're a Christian and live like the devil. I'm not interested in that. You might as well tell me, is the Lord among us or not? You can't tell me you love Jesus and you don't follow Jesus. That's a lie. If you love Jesus, you'll follow Jesus. I don't care what it costs you. You'll follow Jesus. Why? Because you've seen the miracle. It's been done to you. You've sold out to yourself, and he bought you. You're not your own anymore. <laughs> hey, man, you, you, you gave up on this world when you bought into Jesus. I want you to know that I believe the Lord is among us. Now, I'm not speaking for you. I'm speaking for myself. I believe the Lord is with me. I believe he loves me. I believe he is there. And I've already confessed my stupidity. I've already confessed my ignorance. I've already confessed my doubt. I've already confessed to you how many times I fail him. But I want you to know, I know that he saved my soul. And I am committed to following the Lord Jesus Christ regardless of the circumstances. There is no going back. There is no other way. There is nothing else to be done. It is Jesus or nothing. The Apostle Paul was clear. He said, if God be for us, who can be against us? But he was convinced that God was for us. And he lived without reservation. He lived in an abandon for the gospel because he believed God. He believed him and he trusted him. Now these people had seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And yet here they were, thirsty again. And as soon as affliction showed its head, the doubt was exposed immediately. I'm not saying we're all there. I'm not saying that all you good people have got your faith where it ought to be. But I am saying some of you have made a choice and you have sold out to God and you have already experienced the hard things or some of them. You've experienced the nights when the tears wouldn't quit flowing. You've experienced the times when the loneliness arrested your soul. You've experienced the fear that gripped you and would not turn loose. And you have experienced also the hand of an almighty God that has comforted you and delivered you and brought you out and stood with you and never failed you and you're able to say today that I know the Lord is among us. Miracle after miracle, you see, that I personally have seen. 
and get the privilege of hearing about when you testify of the miracles in your own life. The testimonies that you share are often an encouragement to my faith because you share of the things that God has done for you. And when you share of what God has done for you, it's just a reminder that he's with me too. An encouragement to our souls. I'm going to ask you again, is the Lord among us or not? When we come into the house of God, should it be like a funeral home or a party? Some of you good Baptists don't like to party. That's all I can figure. But I just want to know, is the Lord among us or not? Unless God, when David was overwhelmed with the presence of God, he danced through the streets of Jerusalem. You know why? Because he was convinced that it wasn't him, it was God's favor. Is the Lord among us or not? You know, we, we've got to come to the conclusion of whether he is or he ain't. I just... There's a lot of people that just need convincing that he really who he says he is. He's really promised what he, and and he'll do what he said he'll do. He's faithful in all of this. When God told Moses, (laughs) now there were times that God got fed up with him. No, ultimately, I, that's the wrong term because he would have he just killed them all and not ever asked Moses. But he didn't. There were times that he was extremely upset with their, with their heart. And then without going and preaching all the rest of Exodus about those things, let me, let me just say this. There's plenty of times that God has ever right to be upset with me. God... God has every right, number one, because he's my father and I'm his child. He has every right to to chasten and to whip me as often and as much as he feels needful. Now, I, I consider that the greatest of blessings to know that God would chasten me. Just because I know he loves me, see, because he cares for me enough that even when I am obstinate and stubborn and hard-headed and stiff-necked and unwilling, even if if I don't say it, even if my heart is thinking, is he there, is he not? Where are you, God? Why aren't you doing this? Why haven't you heard my prayer? Why is my schedule not at the top of your list? Why are you not hearing me? You know what he does? He just goes on out ahead of me, stands on the rock, and sends me some more water. He's so good. God is so good. Bless his name. I don't deserve the breath I breathe. You know what God told Moses? Moses said, what am I supposed to do? He said, they're about to stone me. Now, you know what? God knew what God knew what Moses had heard. God knew that they were saying, is the Lord among us or not? God knew what they were thinking. God knew they're doubtful. 
hard hearts. Yet in his patience and long-suffering, the Lord said to Moses, he said, go on out now. Ain't that good? <laughs> ever wonder if your preacher ever gets a word from God and he says, all right, just go on out now. I know how they are. Quit worrying about that. You go on out there ahead of the problem. You go on out there ahead of the problem. Separate yourself from the problem. I'll deal with that. You go on out ahead of it. And by the way, take everything I've equipped you with. He told Moses, he said, take the staff. And he said, the elders. And he said, you go on out ahead of the people. And he said, I will stand on the rock of Horeb for you. And there in the wilderness was a rock. You ever wonder what all these things mean? I've been trying to tell you for weeks. Every one of them are Jesus. They're pictures of our Savior. He said, go on out ahead of the problem, and you're going to find the answer. The answer has always been there. That rock has been there. That rock will always be there. Your answer will always be there. There will never be a time that Jesus is not there. He's always there. You know what God did? He answered the question, is the Lord among us or not? God was fixing to prove to Moses that he was among them. He had always been there. He said, all you got to do is go on out ahead a little bit, and you're going to find the rock. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do this time. He said, I'm going to stand on it. Make sure you're not confused about what it is I'm leading you to. He said, I'm going to stand on the rock. And he said, when you get to that rock, he said, you take that staff that I gave you, and you strike the rock. And the Bible said Moses did what God said and water came out of it. Saved the people. Who saved the people? Jesus. The rock. The rock. Is the Lord among us or not? I believe he is. I really believe that that when we, we get into or every opportunity that we get to to come into the house of God, we ought, to, we ought to be able to worship like the Lord's among us. You say, preacher, well, I just can't worship until Jesus gets here. Bless God, the Bible said he made you a promise. Where two or three had gathered, he'd be in the midst. If he ain't on you, guess whose fault it is? He's made a promise to you, and friend, he won't fail with that. If you can't feel the Lord, guess whose problem that is? You know why? Because the rock is still right where it's been. It ain't gone. If you need a drink, you need to get up and get it. Quit sitting in the bench and wondering whether he's for you or not, whether he's here or not, whether you can feel him or not. You need to get right with God. Get the sin out of your life. And brother, you'll know that the Lord is a man.
Come get a song. I believe the more that lost people come into this place and see that the Lord is among us, the more we'll be saved. Right? But they're going to gonna have to see something. They're going to have to feel the presence of God. And if the people of God are still wondering, brother, I can assure you if the gospel's hid, it's hid to them that are lost. You may know it. And you may be going to heaven, but that person that comes through the door next that is lost, they may be doomed for a devil's hell. And brother, if you sit on your hands and you sit on your praise and you're unwilling to worship God or you act as if he don't care or you act as if he's not among us, how do you expect the lost to ever come to know their own sin and be born again? Jesus was clear, if I be lifted up, I'll draw him. Question is, are we lifting him up? Is the Lord among us or not? It's a message for everybody, but it's certainly for the church tonight. Is the Lord among us or not? We better get these things settled in our heart, friend. And, and when we come into the house of God, if we've made up our mind before we got here, Amen, ain't that half the problem? You come walking through them back doors and you ain't no more ready to worship. You ain't thought a thing about whether or not you're right with God. You ain't gave a heart toward him all day long and you come through the doors of the church and and you sit here unchanged. That ain't God's fault. Because I can tell you, I believe the Lord's among us. And I don't want no rocks crying out for me. Shame on me if something has to praise him in my behalf. Some say, well, preacher, I just don't worship him like you do. Now, to get this right, you'll just have to take it up with God, but some of you I don't know worships at all. unless sitting like a knot on a log is worship. And I ain't found that picture in his word yet. Most people, when the word of God is, is dealing with them, there is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit that causes something to happen. Amen, oh me, hallelujah, something. There's something. Is the Lord among us or not? Go ahead and sing. I don't know your heart tonight, but I know this. We need to get right with God if we're not. We need to quit messing around like the children of Israel and blaming the preacher and blaming God when the problem ain't him, it's us. It's our own heart. Stand as we sing. If you're here and need the Lord tonight, you come on. Let's get ready, get right with God.